Good afternoon. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Loveability Show. I'm sorry we're a few minutes late. Uh, we are broadcasting from a different studio today, so just getting uh, everything set up for you. So it was perfect. Uh, of course, we want it perfect. Uh, I have a guest in the studio today with me. Uh, I have my friend Karen, who you guys uh, know from uh, the, tra the Travel Girl. Uh, but she's been on my show before, too, and it's always fun to have somebody to chat with about uh, about things, um, uh, love related. And, um, I don't know why all these notifications are coming in. So, um, I'll just keep dismissing them. Um, uh, so, uh, so, um, today what we're going to talk about is red flags. So I, I know we've talked about them before. It's not the first time we visited red flags. However, I posted something about red flags this week and I can pull that up. But it seemed to spark a lot of controversy with people uh, in regards to um, in regards to what a red flag was. At the end of the day, what it came down to is people were worried because it was always about it's always about when you see the first red flag is basically what it was. You need to get out. How much time do we waste by by uh, sitting by and waiting for the red flag to change or hoping that the red flag really isn't a red flag that we're really just not using our best judgment or we ignore the red flag because we want the relationship so bad or we really like the person or the chemistry's off the charts uh you know various reasons um uh, for for actually not listening to that inner voice and a red flag is a red flag it's a non-negotiable so it's really important you know i i know some people's intuition uh is off and that's where uh that's where people kind of get confused with, how, okay, what am I listening to? Am I listening to my fears? Uh, am I listening to, you know, uh, the my past um, that I haven't healed from yet? Or am I listening to what's really happening? And that's why it's so important before you get in a relationship uh, to heal so that you, you're not having to worry about those triggers necessarily showing such an ugly face at the beginning. However, I will say, I think people, uh, people do get triggered. I, even once you heal, I don't think your triggers ever go away. So I think it's really important. I mean, they, maybe they go away eventually, but I think it's important to say that because, because triggers, um, they're, 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 uh, gosh, they're, they're soft spots in us. They're wounds um, that we've had for a long time. And even though we can heal those wounds, there's times when, you know, somebody touches them and we can still feel where they are, uh, you know, years later. And so it's really important. The best thing about relationships is that it's really important to know that working through those sometimes when we are triggered uh, can help us, can heal us from our past. So we want to make sure that we're not dismissing people for the wrong reasons, right? Uh, dismissing them too early, dismissing them because we're not healthy, but also that we're listening to the things that really are red flags that we should get up and move and get out regardless of how we feel about somebody. You know, I hate to say it, but sometimes people's red flags don't show up for a while. Uh, you know, I think about in the case of narcissistic relationships, you know, I hear these people all the time, you know, you're getting love bombed for months sometimes, sometimes even years. And then all of a sudden this per other person shows up 
And by that point, you love them. You know, by that point, you're vested, you're in, you love them. And that makes it a lot harder uh, to walk away once you're vested and you're in love. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I was I, when I was driving over here, uh, I had one of my satellite stations on. I love old music. I just, I'm an oldie girl. And I think I had on like the bridge or something like that. And there was a song by Patti Smythe and it's called love, When Love Isn't Enough or Sometimes Love Ain't Enough. And, um, and I think she sings it with Don Henley. Anyway, great song. Haven't heard it in years. But it's so it's so perfect, even just listening to the words today on my way over here. You know, we we stay in the wrong in the wrong relationship sometimes for the wrong reasons. And love is not a reason to stay always. I mean, I I know that's a horrible thing, but when all you have is love, you know, you can love somebody and be abused. You can love somebody and be unhappy. You can love someone and be neglected. You know, you can love someone and be alone in a relationship. I mean, that revelation, but you can, I'm actually talking to somebody right now. It happens to be a friend of mine who's going through something like that where she's, you know, her, her spouse is checked out of the relationship and she is alone and she loves him, but you know, um, she's alone and, in that case, you know, is love enough if somebody's not willing to work on it? You know, when she's, if you try, if they're not willing to work on it, then it isn't enough. Okay, I'm going on tangents, as I always do. Uh, I know we're talking about red flags, and, and I want to, I definitely want to get to those. Uh, so um, let's talk about the first one I have. Uh, I have on my list lack of respect. And this is on a date. So I just have it in a dating uh, uh, format right now. Uh, and you know, Karen's out there dating, so she knows she's, she deals with some of these things. Uh, and I'll have to ask you what your biggest red flag is, um, because everybody's are a little different. So I'll give you a second to think about that since I I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, but, but everybody's biggest red flags are going to be different because of who you are and what your, what your wounds are and your triggers are. So there are blatant red flags, which I'm going to give today, but, but kind of keep in mind your own as well. Um, because if you are somebody that has abandonment issues or something like that, when somebody disappears or ghosts you or doesn't communicate, you're going to be triggered. And you know, it's really important as we were talking about, you know, everybody was talking about in the post, you don't want to leave in those situations. Those are situations you don't want to go, you don't want to walk away and say, oh, I'm wasting my time. That person isn't communicative. They don't like me. I can't tell you as a matchmaker how many times people have been so wrong. They leave a date, the first date, and they'll say, oh, they just weren't into me. They just, you know, I could just, they weren't asking me questions. They didn't, you know, I could just tell they didn't like me. They, you know, and they weren't interested. And then I'll talk to the person. They'll be like, no, I was very interested. I was, I felt like I was asking too many questions. There's always these two different perceptions of things. So it's really important not to judge things too early too in a relationship. But um, the first one I have is a lack of respect. Um, so if if your date um, or partner dismisses your needs and wants and boundaries, you know, for example, um, I think a perfect example is someone who's late. I mean, you're on a first date and then somebody is, you know, 15, 20 minutes late to a first date, even worse if they don't communicate it, right? But, but regardless, you know, especially if you're driving in traffic or from somewhere far away, give yourself enough time, respect that person's time. 
uh, it, because it's so important. But when somebody doesn't, you know, they may rush in and say, oh, there was so much traffic, you know, I'm sorry, you know, well, they apologize. I'm sorry I'm late, but but continue to disrespect your boundaries and uh, and such. That's a that's important for you to notice if that person's all about themselves, right? And they're not really caring about how you're feeling, how anything might affect you. Uh, super important. So did you think of yours? I'm thinking of it. She's, on it. she's still there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, another thing too would be somebody who disrespects when somebody talk about boundaries, your values. So something that's really important to you. I've heard people, uh, you know, this is, again, a super important thing. If you tell somebody that, you know, your spirituality or religion or whatever is really important to you, and you have somebody that talks down to it or belittles it, uh, or same thing with, you know, if, if you, your highest value is family and, you know, that person, you know, may disrespect come, you know, something about, maybe you're talking about your son, like you may talk about your son. If somebody may belittle him or right. insult you or, or your son, um, in that conversation, that would be a problem, you know, initially, but you've got to pay attention to that. Uh, you know, where, where there's areas of disrespect right off the bat, disrespecting your time, your energy, your life, your thoughts, your values, talk about thoughts. I mean, how many times have people gotten off of a date and said, you know, I was telling, we were talking about this and they completely like pounded me on my, on my viewpoint on something. When somebody doesn't respect your viewpoint and can't, can't go, you know, have a conversation about it and they just want to instill their own thoughts and beliefs and feelings about something without seeing your side, that's a huge red flag. That's somebody that just can't see outside of themselves, somebody that's more selfish. I mean, is that is that who we want to be in a relationship with? Is that who we want to end up getting into, you know, having to, uh, you know, fights or disagreements or places where we need to, you know, come together to make different decisions as we all do growing, you know, and in, in growing in a relationship? Um, is that the person when they, they need to be heard and they need to have their way and they need to you know, vomit their thoughts on you. Uh, so watching for uh, boundaries. Um, controlling behavior. Uh, you know, this can be seen in all sorts of ways. You know, I think on first dates, I hear people say that like a guy insists on ordering for a woman before he even asks her what she likes. I, it's, it astounds me. I love you guys, you gentlemen that will ask you, you know, us what we want and, uh, and allow us. It's so great. I, love that. I know yeah. that you know what you want. And then I love it if you order it for me. Me too. Yeah. Unless I have a special order, which I often do because I'm high maintenance that way <laughs> with food. But, um, but having said that, you know, ordering for, or, or knowing what you want to drink, if it's a certain wine and then ordering that or taking charge in that department, that's fine. Um, but from a controlling standpoint, I mean, I can't even imagine somebody making your dinner decision for you. We'll have, this as an appetizer and I've had it and I've actually had you women do it too. Uh, I've had gentlemen tell me that women order, like start ordering appetizers without even having any communication with a guy about what they want. And the guy doesn't even like them, you know, he didn't like what they ordered. So, um, so that kind of one-sided uh, one-sided, selfish, controlling behavior 
it can be selfish or controlling, one or the two, it doesn't have to be both. But controlling behavior is definitely a red flag any way you look at it. Uh, somebody that needs everything done a certain way, you know, they need, if they're not willing to bend on the restaurant, they're not willing to bend, uh, maybe you need, uh, he wants to go out Thursday and you can't go out Thursday. And, um, and he, he, it's his way or the highway, right? He can't do Thursday. Well, then we'll have to do next week. I don't have any other time or, you know, he's not willing to bend or break. Um, also, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of more controlling behaviors initially, right? Um, uh, having to control a conversation, control, um, even the way that maybe you, a decision you made. So you tell somebody about something you did, somebody that tries to take that over and say, well, you shouldn't have done it that way. You should have done this, you know, let me handle that for you. Or, or if, even if they don't want to handle it for you, tell you that you didn't do it right and that you should have done it a different way. I'll tell you something else, which just made me remind me when I was looking at you, you know, somebody that maybe tells you how to dress, to dress differently, you know, I mean, I, I hear this, I hear this from guys and girls that is, but more guys tell girls to dress differently. I like this. I like more dresses or I like when women wear their hair up or how about, do you ever wear this? You know, do you, have you ever tried to wear this? Um, I'd love to see you in that. That's controlling behavior. Don't tell a woman or a man how to dress, look, do their hair, um, how they smell, change their perfume. I mean, unless you're allergic to it <laughs> and don't wear too much cologne, um, to begin with, but, um, okay. So, uh, so some of the dictates your actions, um, also controlling would be isolating you from your friends and family. So that's something you might see over time is somebody that wants to monopolize all of your time, right? So every weekend they've got you Friday and Saturday and, or, you know, they're, they're monopolizing your time and keeping you away from family or um, encouraging you not to be with them, or maybe to take a trip with them. And if you have family obligations, you know, not dismissing them as if they're not important, you know, and it being all about, you know, you being with them. That's super, super important to, to understand that controlling behavior too, where, uh, you know, a lot of times people end up in these very bad narcissistic relationships because they've allowed themselves to get isolated from their family and friends by this person just, you know, going in their life and, and taking their whole life over, you know, and, and wanting to control the decisions and, and the things that they do and the time that they spend. So, uh, you're nodding your head. You have me in deep thought. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Did you think of your, your biggest yeah, red flag? The biggest red flag is probably communication, uh -huh. lack of communication right. or, over communication mm -hmm. so it can go a bunch of different ways and it doesn't have to be on the first date or the second date mm -hmm. you know it's just consistency and communication and you know when they lose it or when you can't do something and it just kind of goes south so so this is really important and I'm so glad she brought that up as a red flag because it could, that's something that could be an orange flag I mean it could be or a yellow flag because um, somebody not communicating, I have found more times than not, it's just somebody's, uh, somebody's style. They're not used to communicating. It's, I always say, I can always figure out in the first few dates with somebody, you know, that what I'm watching as a matchmaker, why somebody might be single. 
And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I can see these things like somebody that doesn't communicate usually because I'm in the middle of these relationships, you know, like you guys can't do it because all you, all you do is you sit there and you say, well, they didn't call me. They didn't set a date. They didn't make plans with me ahead of time. They're not texting me. I haven't heard from them in a week and they want to go out. So these are all deal breakers for you guys when I see them differently. So if I talk to, you know, the person on the other end, they'll say, oh, it's busy. I was out of town. My son had games every night this week. I've had no time. I literally jump from work to the, you know, to the field. I'm coaching his, you know, I just, you don't ever know where somebody else is coming from. So before you dismiss somebody for bad communication, you need to talk to them first. I always say you need to give somebody doesn't communicate well, several dates. If you like everything else about them, you need to give them several dates and make sure that when you're not in conflict about the communication that you communicate with them about the communication or the lack of communication. Um, and that can be done in a very, and it should be done in a very positive way. Like, uh, you know, I love seeing you and I'm so glad we were able to get together tonight. However, it's harder for me, just so you know, for me to plan ahead of time um, when I don't know that you want to get together because I typically make plans with friends or with family. And when you don't reach out to me to the last minute, I may already have plans. So I just want to give you a heads up that if you want to see me, I would love it if you could communicate with me ahead of time a little bit, give me a little bit more advance notice so I don't make any other plans because I don't want to cancel on you ever. And I certainly don't want to cancel on other people that I care about. Okay. So we're having conversations about this and letting them know up front, or if you're a big texter, I know this, we talked about this a million times, but so many of you are big um, communicators. Like you love to text message. You like to hear from people throughout the day. Some of you are over texters. Um, and you know, some people don't have time to get on, be on their phone texting all day. And then you get offended when they don't respond back. I hear this so much. This is, this is a source of contention and I can't even tell you what a huge red flag it ends up being for people. And it shouldn't be a red flag. Communication is not a red flag. Here's when it's a red flag, when they stop, when you don't hear from them for a week or two, not a peep, nothing. And then all of a sudden they pop back up and want to get together or want to hook up or whatever. Then you've got a problem. You've got a red flag. Okay. But if somebody is just like dabbling and not doing a very good job at communicating, they're not a great communicator and they can be trained. Maybe. Okay. So it's really important. I didn't mean to, I'm so glad you brought it yeah. up because to be honest, that's probably one of the biggest things we needed to talk about, which we would have gotten there, but it's one of the biggest things we need to talk about because so many people misinterpret bad communication or I'll call bad communication. It really depends on the person, all of you. It depends on the person. So it's not fair to say that somebody's a bad communicator when that's how they communicate. And that's the most that they can do because of their job or because of their life or because of whatever. Uh, it's not fair to expect somebody to give you what you need. You fill your own needs. You know, if you're bored and you have all kinds of time on your hands, you better get a life. You know, that person is not supposed to step in and entertain you every second of the day, you know, and fill your needs, your emotional needs with text messages that you need in the morning and the afternoon and the night or a phone call or whatever it is. That's not their job to meet your emotional needs at the beginning, right? I mean, it's the job in the relationship, but that's not through a text message. 
So it's really important to put things in perspective, probably hitting hot buttons here and ticking people off. But um, but it's, it is very, very important that we put the communication thing in perspective. You know, I will tell you that I don't even let people communicate before a first date. They go on the first date. It's not a blind first date, but they go on a first date meeting the person no communication with them beforehand. And the reason why is because I know people are going to mess this up. They're going to mess it up. The, the guy is going to reach out to the woman and um, the guy is going to reach out to the woman. And then the woman is going to like, maybe he does four days in advance to ask her out or ask her what restaurant she wants to go to, et cetera. And then, um, and then she's going to be expecting a text message every single day after that. Uh, or, you know, sometime before. And so um, I do not know. I've got messages all piling in um, my phone. Okay. So, um, so super important not to red flag communication unless the communication doesn't exist or somebody is ghosting you. Okay. Uh, which is so funny. I've got poor communication as my number four. Um, now, I want to add this one thing in since we're talking about communication. Somebody that can't communicate about their feelings is also, let's put that in the communication thing. That would be a red flag when it comes to communication is someone who cannot communicate about their feelings. There you go. So you want to have a deep conversation. You ask them a deep question on a date or, you know, whether it's first, second, third, fourth, fifth, doesn't matter. You try to dig a little deeper and they keep you out. They refuse to talk about things that matter. Or you try to talk to them about your feelings and they dismiss you. We've got a problem. You know, that's, those are red flags. Somebody that can't go deep because you not noticing that is, is, is your thing. Um, you're just, you need to look at why you're dismissing that. Why that's okay with you to, to for somebody else to dismiss your needs, right? That's super important for you to look at in yourself. Allow that to be um, allow that to be uh, a lesson for you. Um, I swear I'm getting notifications on my iPad. I should turn it on every day, but I don't. But I'm getting, five days ago, I'm getting all my notifications are coming in from five days ago. All my text messages. It's great. Um, <laughs> I can't, well, we're going to be, these are going to be going on the whole entire show. Okay. So, um, so we've got poor communication. Um, dishonesty. Dishonesty. Red flag. Red flag. Some... Some of you go on these online dates and somebody's lied about their age. They've lied about how many marriages they've had. They've lied about their kids. They've lied. Dishonesty is a red flag. If somebody is going to be dishonest with you, hide things from you from the very beginning, and especially important pieces of their life or not important pieces of their life, they could be completely insignificant. Even small things, anything that if anybody that sees lies and dishonesty is okay, it's a red flag. It's a red flag. Okay. So, uh, so, um, we do not want to ignore dishonesty. No, very important. Okay. Um, so unresolved anger or resentment. So how do you. How do you see that? Okay. 
You're asking somebody about their past, which you all should, by the way, on your first few dates. You should ask somebody, you know, about their previous relationships, about their previous marriages, why they're not in the, why they're not in that relationship anymore, or what happened in their marriage. I don't know why you guys won't do it on a first date, but you should, because you you need to know who you're dealing with. You need to know who's sitting in front of you. And if somebody doesn't take accountability or they uh, speak poorly of their ex-wife or their ex-girlfriend, and then you notice this pattern where it's, you know, oh, it's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault. She did this and she did that or he did this and he did that. And there's never that, you know, mutual accountability. You've got a, that's a huge red flag. I mean, just leave. Just, that's just somebody that hasn't done the work. There's no reason to hang out. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. These people that, and, and you know what? I, I will talk to those of you as well that go on dates and talk poorly of your exes. You know, if you don't have a good relationship with them, fine. Don't bad talk them to somebody else. That is only a reflection of you and your energy where you are from a emotional healthy standpoint or not. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just a respect, right? Respect. Really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of crazy when you go on a date and they won't talk to you or everything is about their ex-wife did this. And it's just, it's interesting to watch how everybody deals with it. Do you pay attention? Of course. I pay attention to everything. I think it's important, you know, um, I, Karen and I have had these talks before, personally, I hope you don't mind me saying about, um, about how much do you talk about these things on a first date and, and how deep do you get? Because I think so many of you think that a first date is supposed to be all about making a first impression Mm -hmm. and about fun and having a good time and making sure that person likes you, but it's not. The purpose of a first date is to get to know somebody and you know we should not we want to make a good first impression and we should put our best foot forward but the purpose of a first date is to get to know the other person not to vomit up who you are you know not to put on you know all kinds of you know um uh lights on how great you are and your job and you know you guys do that more than anything um you uh, you you want to highlight all the great things about yourself and the, your accomplishments and all that because you're trying to impress a woman, but it comes off as being braggart. She'd rather you be vulnerable and she'd rather see who you are. So that's really important, everyone, that you try to connect on that first date. That you don't you don't go out with the expectation of just trying to have fun. If somebody avoids a deep conversation or a deep question, um, or they can't answer it, or they answer it with anger or resentment or no accountability to something, somebody gets out of a marriage or relationship, takes two to tango. There's always two. If somebody can't give you their reason for why they failed in the relationship as well, then they're not ready. You know, I, not, I am quick to say, get out. Yeah. You know, you taught me that, you know, after my first couple of dates Mm -hmm. that you need to ask questions and just not sit there and listen and listen. And, you know, you, it's, it's good now. Now you dig in and you find out who you're with and what they're doing, you know, if you want to go on from there. Right. So that was on you. You did that. It was good. So are you doing that now? Of course. (laughs) Every time there may not be a second day. (laughs) Too many questions. No, Yeah. I do it now. You know, you want to know who you're with. 
and who they are. And when they tell you who they are and you get in a little bit more, it makes you like them a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, You know, we all want to see each other's soul. And that includes you ladies too. Men appreciate being able to have those kind of conversations. They're not sitting around with their guy friends talking about their love life or their relationships. They don't have those kind of relationships with their guy friends typically. Um, And so you're kind of their outlet for it. So it's great when you've created a space for a man, ladies, to talk about things of depth and emotion and give them a safe place to talk about those things. That's, um, that gets you a second date. It's really important, but it's a red flag if somebody can't. Um, you know, on that same note of somebody not disclosing or, you know, you're seeing unresolved anger or hurt or resentment or something from the past. Somebody that doesn't ask questions, that's just disinterested in your life. You know, if it's all about them, and here's where I'm going to have my little caveat, because I think you guys sometimes, and maybe you ladies too, I don't know, I hear hear it more from ladies about men, you guys show up and give your resume. And then you don't ask any questions to the woman as to what who she is and what her family's about and what her job is and where her last vacation was and what her dreams are and what happened in her last relationship. Um, you know, we, we want to all be heard and seen and that's the beauty of a relationship. And so it's really important that somebody's asking you questions. If it's all about them, all about them, it's a, it's a flag. Okay. It's a flag. It depends on how severe it is, if it's a red flag, right? Um, I will tell most of you that if that happens where somebody's very consumed with themselves, and you know, we've talked about this, that give them a second date because a lot of times people are trying to impress on a first date. Um, I wish you guys wouldn't do that. I mean, I please hear me. Um, but because it's not about that. It's really about this is real, two real people showing up. Are we going to get along when we're not, you know, putting on our best faces, you know, um, and that vulnerability connects you. So don't be afraid to show that. But when somebody, um, when somebody is not at all taking interest in asking questions in the, the person that they're out with, it's a problem. It is a huge, huge problem. I can't tell you how many times I have to say to a man, and I again, I know it's because you guys are trying to impress, um, ask her more questions. Listen. Listen more than you speak. Uh, the, the person that's that, just a general rule, and I'm not trying to be manipulative, but the person that talks the most wins. So that's... That's the, that's the key. So if you can get your date talking the most by you asking questions because you mean it, not because you're just asking stupid questions. I've had that too. I've had people show, no, I'm not kidding. It's like they showed up with a, with an interview with stupid questions. I had a, I had a guy one time that literally had a list of questions that he would bring to a date and the, he'd run down them and they were stupid. What is your favorite movie of all times? What is the best place you've ever visited and why? I mean, who wants that? Who wants that? Nobody wants, nobody wants to go through a list of questions like you're in some psychology, you know, psychological test, right? 
you know, it's got to be authentic and real. And the bottom line is you want to feel like somebody is getting to know you and they want to get to know you and they care. Conversations shouldn't be planned ahead of time, everyone. They should flow from where you're going. So it's important not to overstress about a first date and not to put too much pressure on your date to, to be all that you need them to be. A converse, these conversations, and I can tell you from being a matchmaker, when I hear that things just flowed and there was just good conversation and a lot of um, connection and interaction and back and forth, those are the best first dates. Those always mm-hmm. lead to a second date. Even if the person will tell me, like, I wasn't attracted, you know, that wasn't somebody that I was really attracted to, but I'd be willing to go on a second date because who they were was very attractive Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm willing to see if that could grow. And a lot of times, more times than not, it does. So, um, so super important that you take interest in the other person. And if somebody's not taking any interest in you, it's a flag. It's not a flag to dismiss yet, but it's definitely a flag to look at. Okay. So, uh, so we talked about blaming others, excessive jealousy, our possessiveness. Um, You know, you tend to see this uh, as you get into a relationship, but somebody that doesn't want you spending time gets jealous of your time with your kids, gets jealous of your time with your pets. (laughs) It's crazy to even say that, but it's true. Um, Crazy. So time with your pets, uh, you know, uh, jealous of your time with your friends, Uh, jealous of the time that you spend at work. That's not with them. Any possessiveness like that and jealousy is a huge red flag. You know, some of you people, and here's why it's really important to say this. I think some people that are insecure or have anxious attachment see jealousy and controlling behavior as love. They, they didn't get it. They, they, they didn't get that kind of love that they wanted when they were growing up. And so love to them would have been attention. Love to them would have been somebody wanting to spend time with them and wanting to consume, you know, their energy and time. So they don't necessarily see the red flags of controlling because that feels like love to them. Like, oh, they just want to be with me. They like me. And it's, it's really important that when you're on the receiving end of that, that because we're we can sit here and talk about somebody wanting to in you know when you're healthy somebody that's controlling of your time energy conversation lifestyle decisions somebody that criticizes your decisions we talked about that um criticizes what you're doing for a living tries to change you uh you know tries to change your relationships tries to isolate you from your friends and family that's controlling behavior to a healthy person to an unhealthy person it's not sometimes. So, uh, so I, I talk to all kinds of people, but if you are aware of your attachment style, and if you're not aware of your attachment style, you should be, uh, there's an attachment style quiz, uh, that you can take online. It takes like five minutes, super fast. But if you are anxious attached or avoiding attached, um, you will see that those kind of controlling behaviors or codependent behaviors, seem healthy to you. They feel like love to you a lot of times. And when somebody's healthy or um, has more of a, um, a secure attached, 
where they don't need to always talk to the other person. They don't need to always see the other person. They don't need to always be around the other person to be happy and satisfied. Um, they can have other relationships. They're very comfortable in their own skin without that person. Um, they don't need to be texting them, talking to them all the time. Um, that feels like, um, it feels like I'm about to run my mic over. Um, it feels like love to some of you with unhealthy attachment styles with, so, or anxious attached, I should say. So like I said, if you don't know your attachment style, you should look it up because there's a whole slew of behaviors that go with that, that you should be able to uh, use to spot red flags right off the bat. Because what feels like love to people isn't always love based on where you came from and your background and how healed or not healed you are. Okay. Um, I am rolling through these and I just looked at the time. I better go faster. Okay. Uh, poor communication. We talked about that. Excessive jealousy. Oh, rushing in. Rushing into a commitment. Huge, huge red flag. Um, huge red flag. Okay. Red flag. No orange flags, no yellow flags. It's a red flag. Anybody that wants to tie you down, rush into a relationship, starts talking about that from the very beginning, huge red flag. They have an agenda and I can't tell you what the agenda is. The agenda could be their own insecurity. Their agenda could be um, a, a lack of confidence. Their agenda could be to control you. Their agenda could be to use you. So it's super important when you, when, when you feel that pressure, and we've all been there where you feel that pressure. You know, when I was younger, I remember um, I used to tell guys right off the bat when I would go, before I go out with them, I'd say, don't talk to me about a commitment or get it being exclusive. You know, don't even talk to me about that for the first three dates. Because guys like to rush in. At least when I was they younger, do. they did. Yeah. They did. Um, and inevitably, after the first date, it'd be always like, so where's this going? What, what, where, what, what's next for us? I, you, they just couldn't stop themselves. So, um, so it's, it, and again, I don't know that if that's still a thing now, you know, um, but that was always one way back. Maybe I was attracting them. But, um, <laughs> but having said that, I feel like any time you have, you know, you need to sit back and allow things to happen naturally. And if there's somebody that can't because they have some agenda or need for you to be in a place that you're not yet or try to move you to a place that you're not yet or pressure you to be a play, in an emotional place where you're not yet, um, that's a red flag. I'm going to jump on that to hit the, my next point, and that's sexually too. You know, some... Some people move way too fast sexually, and those are red flags. I mean, we, we were just talking about this the other day. You know, you guys, you want a nice girl, stop trying to get sexual with them when you first meet them or start talking to them or texting them. I mean, for God's sakes, don't send naughty pictures to a woman that you're hoping to be in a relationship with or respect. That is, I mean, that's the first, that's a red flag. Ladies, any guy that's going to send you a, one of those pics, you know, any guy that would send those, he's, he's got them on his phone. He's sending them to everybody, right? I mean, 
Those are not for you. He didn't make that for you. He didn't take that for you. He's sending them to everybody. Red flag. He's a player. Get out. Don't pass go. Just go. You know? Just go. Um, Anybody that talks, if they make you feel uncomfortable at all in the conversation because they're going to a sexual place before you're ready to go to a sexual place, before it's even appropriate, you either handle it, and that's the right thing to do, by the way. The right thing to do is set your boundary and say, hey, this is not who I am. I'm not comfortable going here. If that's what you want, you're in the wrong place, right? Yep, see ya. Yep, but um, but guys, don't expect to meet a respectable girl and talk to her like that or send pictures like that. And ladies, God, what am I saying? Ladies, you too. I am personally shocked and continue to be shocked that guys tell me all the time that women send these pictures. Really? Right up front. There's a hello in these dating apps, by the way. It's mainly with these dating apps. These women say hi, and they then the next thing that follows are naked pictures of the woman. She's, and again, guys, those weren't for you. She didn't just take them in the second that she said hi to you. She took them. She sent them to other men. They aren't for you. you know. And, and basically, ladies, when you do that, I guess you might already know this, but you're telling that guy that you just want to have sex and that's it. You're not going to get a relationship out of that. That is not going to turn into a relationship when you are jumping there that quickly, ladies. That guy is excited immediately because he knows what's coming. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, and guys don't want a second date with that girl. I've talked to the guys. I do this for a living. Guys will, guys will sleep with you, ladies. If you lay it out there, if you make it available to them, they will say yes. And they may like you. They may actually like you long term. Like, and I've heard guys that said, well, I really liked her. And then all of a sudden, she started coming on strong and we slept together and I probably won't see her again. I mean, ladies, the worst mistake you can make, and that's a red flag, guys, for you. I I should be saying that too for you guys. If a woman sends you nasty pictures or sleeps with you on the first date, red flag, She's insecure. She's easy. She's using her sexuality to, you know, to, to manipulate you. I mean, there are a million more reasons, you know, um, intimacy should mean something in a relationship. And when, do you remember years ago when you used to like go on dates with a guy and you'd look forward to the first kiss, like you're so excited to kiss them. I mean, we don't have to stop that just because we've gotten older. We don't, I mean, there's no jumping into bed. Jumping into bed, whether it's initiated by a man or a woman, that is a flaming red flag. Um, not only, I would say just leave if, like, if somebody does that, but most of you don't want to stick around for somebody like that. So it's not like you even have to, t- have to tell them to go. It's, you're, ladies, you're going to repel a man if you do it too quickly. You are. And um, I mean, he'll sleep with you first, of course, but then he's gone. So you, your mission is not accomplished if you want a relationship. So if you want a relationship, things need to go at a, a, a pace for both people, a comfortable pace for both people. Okay. Uh, so um, rushing into commitment. 
Lack of empathy. Oh my God. Okay. I've got a couple that I really need to get to. Lack of empathy. And then I want to talk about previous patterns because you need to pay attention to some of these red flags that you're not really aware of. Um, so lack of empathy. When somebody doesn't care about, um, I don't know, anything um, that means something to you or to mean something to the world. It doesn't have to be just a lack of empathy to anything in general, to life, to people that are less fortunate than them, to situations that sh most normal people would be compassionate and emp empathetic about. Really important to notice when somebody doesn't care, when their focus is about themselves or they just don't give a damn about other people because they can't really see and put themselves in the place of another person. You are dealing with a narcissist and possibly a sociopathic narcissist. Sadly, we are creating a world, and I know the term is overused, everyone, um, but we are creating a world through social media and all the, um, all the lack of interactions. We're creating a lot of them. So you do need to keep your eyes open for that as well. By the way, we also, if you've had a narcissist and you know that behavior, you also need to not put people in that category. I hear you guys doing that a lot where you'll say, oh, well, they talked about themselves or they did the, and, and, and that, you know, they were bragging about their jobs and this and that they're a narcissist. Just because somebody has some narcissistic traits, you probably do too. Everybody does. Um, it doesn't mean they're a narcissist. So it's really important that we take our time. That's a diagnosis and it's a very serious one. So you don't want to jump into that lightly and start diagnosing people yourself. Um, but you do want to keep your eyes open, of course. Uh, so patterns, 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 please. Um, guys, these women that you meet that have baby daddies everywhere, children from other fathers, run. I mean, it's a red flag. I can't even tell you how many times I've talked to men that date girls that have children, one from this boyfriend, not even husband. One from this boyfriend, one from this boyfriend, one from this boyfriend, one from this boyfriend, or four from this boyfriend, three from this, I mean, it's, it goes on and on and on. Multiple marriages. I'm not going to say like one or two marriages. It happens. It just happens. But when you're looking at somebody that's got three, four, five marriages behind them, God, it's a red flag. How much redder does it get, right? It's like your shirt, like a little crimson flower. That is a red <laughs> flag when somebody has multiple failed marriages. It's also a red flag when they have multiple failed relationships or no long-term relationships. Oh my God. Hello, guys. Okay, I'm, I'm coming up with all these red flags now. Guys and girls that have never been married and they're over the age of 40. Sorry, I love you guys. I know there's plenty of you lovely people out there that are over the age of 40 that have not been married, but there's a reason for it. And you need to find out what it is because most people that value marriage and family were probably married before they were 40 because they desired that. And I'm not talking, I mean, I understand sometimes people have careers, they were in the military, they were this, there are always exceptions to the rule. So there's no, I'm no, like, I'm not like set in stone. But if somebody is over 40, especially over 45, and they've never been married, um, I love these people that go, well, I was engaged twice. Well, you haven't been married. You know, I mean, they could I be Julia clothes. Roberts, like a runner, you know, I just talked to a girl the other day that was a runner, you know, they could be a runner, they could have commitment issues. I mean, 
they probably have committed. Maybe. I'm, you know, there's a plethora of reasons. They may not value a relationship. They, not, may, they may not want to get married at all. I mean, by the way, important, if you find somebody that's never been married and you want to get married, I have a friend in that position right now. Like she knew the guy didn't want to get married. She let it go. And then now she's questioning why he won't marry. Well, he hasn't married anybody. He's in his 50s. And he's never married anybody, but he's had a multitude of long-term girlfriends. He doesn't want to get married. You know, he's, what is he? He's afraid of marriage. He's afraid of commitment. He's afraid of somebody stealing his money. I'm afraid of gold diggers, whatever it is. Whatever it is, if you desire to be married and somebody hasn't been or has a lot of failed marriages, you've got to ask why. Those are huge red flags. Again, I'm probably going to get beat up for saying somebody over 40 or 45. Um, I, I will use a caveat here because, you know, I interview a lot of people in my job and I won't beat around the bush. If somebody's over 40, I'll say, let's talk about the obvious. You're 42 and you've never been married. You've heard this before. I'm not the first one to say it to you. Tell me why. You know, it, it's important that you understand why and you understand that about yourself because I was talking about patterns, right? Um, so, so ask, ask, cause it's a red flag if somebody has not been in a, and I can't tell you the amount of people that have not ever been in a long-term relationship over 40 and never had a relationship over six months. You've got red flags shooting everywhere. I mean, you just, you, you're wow. stumbling over them and you know, your love, by the way, isn't going to change somebody like that. I think that's a big misconception. And I just want to get that out of the way. Somebody that can't commit, somebody that's had bad relationships, somebody that's been hurt and abused and, you know, and um, mistreated in a relationship, your love isn't going to save them. And I think men and women the same, you know, maybe you men are a little bit, have a little bit more savior complex than women, but no love is going to save, save somebody who's wounded and hurt. So it's not your job to do that, to come in and like rescue them from their life situation or show them what love is, or my love is different. It will change them. They'll see that somebody can love them. It's so gross. Um, it's that is your codependency. That is your stuff. It's not theirs. Um, if somebody can't show up and they come in with a pattern of of relationships like that where they were um, abused in all of their relationships, physically, emotionally abused. If they have a pattern, there's a problem. Unless they've had extensive therapy, there's still a problem. Um, somebody who um, somebody who has had a string, the, you guys that have had a string of gold diggers. Well, guess what? You pick shallow women. That's your pattern. And ladies, you got to see that. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it, the writings on the wall. You've got to look at anybody that has a pattern and it's, yes, it's a judgment, but you have to make some judgments when you're first meeting somebody in order to determine whether they're healthy. So it's a red flag when you dismiss the, when you dismiss the obvious that's in front of you, you have to look at people's patterns. Why did their relationships fail? Um, why did they get out of their relationships? You know, um, ask questions. You know, somebody, oh, I lost interest. I just, I just lose interest in people. I mean, if you look at patterns of somebody, guess what? They're going to lose interest in you too someday. So you just, you've got to look at patterns and understand red flags on their part. If you're not willing to see 
the red flags and you think that you're better or different, then you're the one that needs really, um, you're the one that needs uh, some help there as well. So that was heavy. That was heavy. Yeah. You're saying we can't change them. No. no. And, you know, guys and girls the same. I think women, men come in to save more. They want to come in and save and take these damsels in distress that can't pay their bills or, you know, can't get a job or can't find a good man or, you know, men take it as a personal challenge when women have had bad men. Like, I can show them what a great man I am. No, she doesn't want a good man or she would have attracted one. So your love and your greatness isn't going to change all that. But women dismiss it because they think they can change a man. Women think, my love's different. I know you. I know you ladies. I'm a lady. Um, no, your love is not different. Um, it's, it is different. You're a different person, but it, it's, not a, it's not anything that's going to change them. Um, if they have a bad relationship with their kids or family um, or exes. So, um, really important. I mean, it's a, it's a flag. Now, granted, I will say that if somebody has a toxic family, maybe they don't have a relationship with the family and they're able to say, I didn't have the best childhood, whatever. My family's toxic. I deal with them. I love them and I keep them at a distance. That's healthy. You know, somebody that's cut somebody off again, circumstance dependent, you know, if the person was super abusive or is, is mentally abusive, it is wise for that person to keep that, that parent or whatever out of their life or that ex-spouse. That makes sense. Yeah. That, so that there are, it's very circumstantial, but if somebody doesn't have a good relationship with their family, um, if they don't have a good relationship with their kids, it's a red flag. Why don't they have a good relationship with their kids? Why are their kids not talking to them? So kids love their parents. If they're, if kids aren't talking to their parents or are mad at their parents, there's a reason why it's a red flag. You've got to look at it, right? Ask more questions. Um, so someone that has no accountability, and I think I mentioned that earlier, but it's a huge red flag. Somebody that doesn't take any accountability for any decisions they've made, for things that have happened to them, um, and things that happen in their life, whatever, no accountability pretty much says that you'll be the next victim of it'll all be your fault, right? So you hear somebody talking about their ex, it was all their fault and they did this and they did this and, you know, there was no role. You're going to be that next person. Uh, and, um, and so I, and I think I had said earlier, we talked about someone that disappears. That was my last yeah. one. Uh, somebody that ghosts you or disappears on a regular basis. Um, when you're dating it is true that somebody should not be committed to you after a first date. Very true. You're not in a commitment after a first date. You're not in a commitment after a second date. You're not in commitment after a third date. Um, you're not in a commitment until the two of you talk about that and you're both comfortable with that. Um, but somebody that disappears on a regular, like they're gone for the whole weekend and you don't hear from them for the whole weekend, not even a hi or a boo or anything. You know, they're, they're probably dating other people and you just need to put things in perspective and doesn't mean you need to stop dating them. It just means you need to understand where you stand and that they are dating other people and that you should make sure that you are too, right? So don't put all your eggs in one basket if you're not the only egg in his basket or her basket, right? No expectations. Yeah, no expectations. Yeah. And, um, 
and uh, and but if they if they disappear on a regular basis or it's a you know you've been talking to them regularly and then the week again a Friday or Saturday comes around and you're used to hearing from them every day and then there's a whole day or day and a half or whatever that you don't hear somebody's gone you just gotta you gotta keep your eyes open you know and maybe even on the next date you have with them if it's just a mild pattern talk to you know just kind of talk to them and ask questions and it's okay to say so I assume you're dating other people you know are you on uh, are you on a site you know how what you know what are you finding in your dating experience like is it you know are you finding good people online dating have just a conversation like with a friend because there is no expectation and you shouldn't feel uncomfortable I mean as long as you're not expecting a commitment from them, find out where they are in their journey. And it's okay to talk to them about it. Uh, that communication is is key in the sense that you at least know where you stand and what's going on in their life so there aren't all the questions. Women, you tend to get in your head about stuff. So the minute that he doesn't text on a Friday night or you haven't heard from him all Friday, oh, he was out with another girl, probably you've only been on two dates with him. Exactly. You know, so, uh, so super, super important that we, um, that we pay attention. Okay. I know I've gone a little bit older over. Um, I did want to, um, I did want to talk about, um, because we didn't talk about it last week. I'm going to be posting, um, we've got plenty of time, um, to plan all of this, but we are going on, it's just, what is the date? February, February 1st through the 5th. February 1st through the 5th, we got a singles trip, a matchmaking trip planned for Mexico. Um, I know it's hard because everybody wants to assume they'll be in a relationship by then, and you may or you may not be. So you have a little bit of time. I think we have until November to get these th this booked. Um, if you aren't in a relationship, come. We, the camaraderie, the fun, the friendships that are made there are amazing. Um, you know, even if you end up getting in a relationship, you can still come. We do relationship coaching there. We have group coaching for those people that may be in something. You could bring your partner. I don't have any issue with you bringing your partner with you on the trip. If you do get in a, in a relationship, it's fine. Um, but but the thing is, is we, we have these really deep conversations and um, and activities that promote uh, intimacy. And so people make the people that leave these, the girls always end up are friends with and the guys are friends that the girls and guys are friends. Um, for years afterwards, they've made great friendships because of all the intimacy that's built on these trips. And a lot of these relationships come out of this. So a lot of people hook up, not hook up in a sexual way, but hook up, you know, when they come home, they're going on dates Emotionally. with each other and dating. So it's really, really, they're really good, really fun. And you know what, by, fe by the time February rolls around, and it's, by the time February rolls around, we're all going to need the beach. So it's a beautiful um, all-adult resort in, in Mexico, which yep. I'm excited about. And it is after college football and before the Super Bowl. Before is that the right? Super Bowl. Yep, because who cares about the Super Bowl? But, um, but after college football. So all of you, you know, we're, um, after Georgia wins the national championship, it's all over and we can all go to Mexico. Amen. Yeah, amen. Amen. Uh, yeah. My fellow bulldog over here. Hello, I hello. love it. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. We will be back in two weeks. So uh, so thank you for being patient with me last week. Uh, lots of uh, great announcements 
I, I need a, a drink. Um, lots of great announcements to come to as well, not just about the trip, but we have a big, big, big announcement to make soon. So uh, we will uh, we will see you in two weeks. Have a great uh, have a great weekend.